0: i don't give a rat's ass about this topic that is probably the best example of all i wonder if anyone's ever attempted to say that do that when i write an awful lot too just to drive people crazy right i can tell you're lying already
1: i don't know i love waffles
0: so that's well argued and i accept your arguments and that makes perfect sense to me that makes no sense well, I was going to say something, but I'm going to stop because we have breaking news.
1: Well, hello, world. Yep, that's right. Smart Dribble goes all over the cosmos. This is your co-host, Kurt Schneider with... John Ellenthal. And I actually have a friend
0: who is a regular listener of podcasts who lives in Budapest. So we have at least one listener, Kurt. Paul Marsilio. Hello, Paul. In Hungary.
1: So we're all over the world. You you can hope to contain us, but you can't stop us.
0: And as you're traveling around the world, if you see people wearing Smart Dribble t-shirts or having Smart Dribble decals, please take pictures of those and tweet them or put them on our Instagram.
1: So John, today's episode stems from something that happened to me yesterday.
0: Wow. This is like ripped from the headlines, Kurt.
1: I woke up. Uh, I had my second vaccine shot. And so I slept for about 11 hours. Congratulations. Thank you. But I woke up after sleeping for a long, long time. And someone said, hey, how'd you sleep? And I said, I slept like a baby. And as soon as it left my mouth, I thought, what the hell kind of saying is that? It is messed up. Babies don't sleep well. Babies sleep like crap. They sleep maybe two hours at both of my son's didn't sleep through the night until they were both one year old. It was terrible. So it made me think there are many sayings that we use every day that make no sense. And that's what we're going to talk about.
0: That's excellent. And it's a, it's a great example because I would be saddened to hear that during your sleep the other night that you woke up a lot crying and peed on yourself. So I see that sleeping like a baby is probably not the standard you want to measure against for a yeah. good night's sleep.
1: Right. But there's lots of things that we go around every day that just prattle off of our tongues yeah. that roll off and they make no sense. We should really think about them.
0: Could you imagine how difficult it must be to try to speak American English? Maybe you move here for another country or just a non-native English speaker trying to figure out what we mean by most of the things we say. So my inclination, Kurt in response to this topic is to tell you, I don't give a rat's ass about this topic. But then I realize that giving a rat's ass is one of those expressions. Right. So I do care a great deal about this topic.
1: <laughs> why do you say I don't give a rat's ass? That makes no sense. That's why
0: I said it, because it makes no sense. So the truth is, I do give a rat's ass about this topic, which is to say I do care about it. I think it's a really fun one. And we probably mindlessly use expressions like that all the time. So let's dig in—not to a rat's ass, but to the topic.
1: By the way, they do. This is off this topic a little bit, but you—that didn't take long. (laughs) But you did make me think of something, which is there's also sayings that people just say wrong, and that could be a whole other episode. Right? Like when people say, "I could
0: care less." That one drives me nuts because, of course. That's not what they mean, and it makes no sense. Of course, it's I couldn't care less. Exactly. I care the least amount as it is, but I could care less means that it's more important to me than other things.
1: Or when people say, oh, I'm going to give this 110%.
0: Yeah, that's annoying. That is annoying.
1: There is nothing over 100%.
0: Mathematically, that is indeed the case. But yes, that is one of those overused expressions that would be good to, to lose from the American lexicon. And even though this is not on topic, since you went there, I'm still waiting for someone to explain to me how flammable and inflammable are different because I think they mean the same thing.
1: Yeah, I think they do. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about that. All right. So can you give me a saying that makes no sense? And I'm going to ask you why you chose this one.
0: I can totally give you one. And unfortunately, our listeners can't see your face and the shit-eating grin you have on it right now, because ooh, I mean, I chose it because it both fits the topic of making no sense, who would actually want to eat shit, and it has the word shit in it. So it's really a, a win on multiple levels. But you have a shit-eating grin, which is supposed to be a good thing. I have no idea where that comes from, and it has no trouble crossing the bar of making no sense whatsoever.
1: Oh, my goodness. That is fantastic. What, that, is, that is probably the best example of all. <laughs> well, I also, this, yesterday was a big day for me in this topic because I was also working around my house a lot, and it was actually a very warm day. And all of a sudden, I was like, man, I'm sweating like a pig. There's only one problem with that. Pigs don't sweat.
0: Yeah. So you wonder how. I mean, (laughs) I guess people thought, hey, that's a big fat animal. And in the heat, it must be really uncomfortable and sweat a lot. But they don't. You're right. They don't sweat. So you do wonder where this stuff gets started. I mean, it's one thing for one person to say something that makes no sense, which happens all the time. It's quite another thing for it to latch on, become a regular part of the culture. Pretty much everybody knows that expression, or at least most people do, yet it makes no sense. So how did it come to be? So these are some of the burning questions facing the uni- the universe. And I should have mentioned after I said, I don't give a rat's ass and shit-eating grin. So after using those expletives, I should have said, of course, pardon my French, because after all, I was speaking English.
1: I know. Pardon my French. It's so super, but we all say it. I say it. You can't help it. It's like, oh... It's like, I think pardon my French is like saying, you know, no offense, but I'm going to curse.
0: I think we once talked about this, and that is maybe it's from the time when French was the language, you know, the lingua franca. And maybe if you didn't say something just right, it was pardon my French.
1: So you just, (laughs) your shitting grin just made popped into my head something else, which I'm sure you have. So I'm sorry if I'm going to take it from you, but here's might in your eye. Here's mud in your eye, and that's a good thing.
0: That actually isn't too far from the notion of something being the apple of your eye, which is another expression that I can't quite square the circle on.
1: I'm not sure I'd want an apple in my eye, nor mud in my eye.
0: Given the choice, which would you choose?
1: I think it's apple
0: of your eye. Apple of my eye. I'm sorry, you're upset. Apple of my eye. You know what, Kurt, you are as right as rain when you say
1: that. <laughs> I know. Right as rain. Rain is not too right. I mean, rain kind of sucks unless you're a farmer and you've had a drought and you need the crops and then rain is right. But I would think that's probably the exception, not the rule. You are as right as rain. How about this one, which I have used because as an allegory for life and as an inspiration in the self help world, it's a great expression. The problem is it just ain't true. This is, it's darkest just before dawn. Is it literally true? No. The darkest time is the middle of the night when the sun is the farthest away, opposite from the face of the earth. It is literally the middle of the night is the darkest. Right. So the pre-dawn hours. It could be the coldest, but it ain't the darkest. It's starting to get light. (laughs) So the pre-dawn hours are not
0: the darkest part of the night, not even middle clear. of the night is the darkest part of the night. So it's so, I think darkest before the dawn literally makes no sense.
1: No sense. But I think the idea is as an allegory for life that before things get better, they're really bad. So things might feel really bad. It's always terrible. But then things get good. Yeah, that reminds me of another expression that I've never quite been able to make sense of.
0: And it's also possible that this is just me and I'm just not getting it. But what's the expression,
1: shoot for the moon, land on the stars? Is that the expression? No, if you shoot for the moon and you miss, you'll at least get a pocket full of stars or something like that. Okay, so that's another version of it. It, Oh, yeah, no, no, you're right. If you shoot for the moon, if you don't get it, at least you'll land on on the stars. stars.
0: But aren't the stars a heck of a lot further away from Earth than the moon? Because I've always said, shoot for the stars, land on the moon, because that actually makes sense. And people go, no, you got it all wrong. Why would you shoot for something close by? And if you miss, you end up with something really, really far away, much
1: further away than your goal. My guess here, what we're talking about is either some really daft people started saying these things. and. Folks just didn't challenge them because maybe they said it with a lot of bravado. I don't know, but I'm not sure how these things caught up. And by the way, we're guilty of this. I'm guilty of this.
0: Memes or idioms. or But I, I do think it's fascinating, as we talked about a few minutes ago.
1: I think people tried to make sense of it. They think it's great, right? I'll give you one in that great example of that right now. Well, John, we're in business. We got to do it. Listen, let's pick the low-hanging fruit first.
0: See, that one actually kind of makes
1: sense to me because nope. that's the easiest to reach. Nope. Well, the it low is. hanging fruit is not the easiest it to is. reach. It is. So, two things happen when you're picking fruit. A, the low hanging fruit is the least ripe because it's not underneath, the, the sun does not get to it. The stuff at the top, the high hanging fruit, is the ripest. So, if you're going to pick mm-hmm. that. Secondly, when you pick fruit, you pick from the top down. Otherwise, in your bag that you got strapped to you as you're going up, you weigh down by picking the lowest stuff first and going up. You start at the top and come down. So that's well argued, and I accept your arguments, and that makes perfect sense to me. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Could you say that again for smart drivel nation or drivelers? Because what did I say? The first time that you've ever given me that compliment and that's that that
0: not true. That is not true. And I don't want to ruin it for you, but there was a big butt coming. Not a big butt, but a <laughs> big butt coming. I accept your argument.
1: Wait, and you cannot lie?
0: I cannot lie. So? Because you like big butts. What's that? Wasn't there a song about that? Yeah. Yeah. Sir Mix-a-Lot, And there was also a song by Queen Fat Bottom Girls Make the Rockin' World Go Round. But that is not why we came together to talk today. I accept your arguments for why low hanging fruit doesn't make sense. Said another way, your arguments for why low-hanging fruit doesn't make sense indeed make sense. However, you did something in the telling of that that harkens back to a pet peeve. You said there are two reasons. You then said A, and then you follow up with secondly. Either go one and two, or go A and B, but don't be mixing alphanumerics on your list. But I do that on
1: purpose. You do that on purpose? do that when I write an awful lot, too, just to drive people crazy. First, and B. Yeah, so you can appreciate the incongruity
0: there. You're saying you do this on purpose. That is your defense. Correct. Okay, and it was just an attempt to annoy me. Said another way, you were probably almost kind of like trying to bust my chops, whatever the hell that means.
1: Yeah. Well, chops are teeth in your
0: mouth. It could mean hitting someone, but that's not what we think the expression means. It means just giving someone a hard time.
1: What do the English use? Taking the piss, mate.
0: Taking the piss. That actually sounds colorful. Taking the piss. Do
1: I want to take your
0: piss? I don't want to take your piss. But we may not fully appreciate what the word piss means in the British language, the British version of English, because.
1: Taking the piss and busting your chops. Yeah, I'm not sure why. We did an episode
0: a million years ago on some of the conflicts between British English and American English. And I think we established not that. This wasn't already proven incontrovertibly that those languages, which seem like they have a lot in common, how about when you say
1: the same thing? I'm just needling you.
0: Well, that's not a good thing. No, it's not. Although there's this my <laughs> my, my chiropractor in his office, they do something called needling, which is another way to stimulate muscle recovery. So yeah, I do in that eye- sense, but that's a very narrow context
1: yeah it's not making fun of me when my therapist does it she's not doing it to make fun of me she's doing she's needling me to yes create blood flow
0: yes needling you doesn't make a lot of sense but i will tell you that you argued so effectively for why low-hanging fruit doesn't make sense that it literally blew my socks off
1: (laughs) well again that I can get because I have in my mind's eye someone like near TNT explosives, and the sock, I guess your socks wouldn't come off.
0: I don't your know. Shoes
1: would come off.
0: I get that it is a big reaction, but it's just blowing one's socks off. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'm going to stop waffling and speak with conviction. Waffling. What does a waffle have to do with being undecisive, indecisive? And I was just indecisive by saying undecisive, indecisive, because I wasn't sure. But what does that have to do with waffles, Kurt?
1: I don't know. I love waffles. And here's the thing about waffles. They're not even that flimsy. Crepes are, but waffles aren't. Crepes are very flimsy. In fact, the, the flimsier the crepe, I think the better it is.
0: But maybe a waffle... It's because it's the same on both sides and you can flip it over and it's the same looking thing both ways. Could that be why? Wow. I'm not suggesting that's true. I'm just
1: wondering cuz otherwise it makes no sense. I think it's maybe just an on a on a on a expression cuz what a, on a, on a, on a, p- a monophematic
0: expression. Yes. I wonder if anyone's ever attempted to say that before, an onomatopoetic expression. You could, have broken, you could have broken new ground, Kurt, in human history with that attempt.
1: Well, John, uh, at least I'm not going to be, if you're really bad, I'm not going to be the low man on the totem pole. See, that, that actually one makes sense
0: to me because there's a hierarchy there.
1: There's no hierarchy there? Sorry, it's the other way around. The guy on the lowest actually is the most important person. On an actual totem pole, I'll tell you why, John. Okay. First of all, when you carve a totem pole, it takes a lot of different carvers to do it. The one who is the best, the master carver, does the bottom because the bottom is bigger because of the way you know the way side whatever science works. It's it's rounder and bigger in in size, and also it's more prominent because of what you see up close. Eye level is eye level, baby. It's thicker at the base, it is largest, and it's the most prominent and the most detailed. So the low man on the totem pole is actually the most important one.
0: Uh, I had no idea, and I, I didn't expect to have a flashback to low-hanging fruit so quickly in my life. So basically, <laughs> it's the same thing. We've got it upside down, right?
1: Yeah, Uh, we were tying all these together. There's got to be something else, too, that's low. So why do cows love it?
0: (laughs) Moo. Then again, cows can jump over the moon. But I think that may have come from a kid's fairy tale. Over the moon. You are so happy you're over the moon. I don't know why you'd want to jump over the moon as an expression of happiness. But if you are really happy, you are over the
1: moon. Yep. Here's one that kind of feels that way, too, which is when you're sick. Oh, I'm feeling under the weather.
0: Yeah, I've never known what that was all about.
1: Do you have an explanation for that? No, everyone that's on Earth is under the weather. Unless you're like an astronaut on SpaceX or in the International Space Station, you're under the weather. So you're no different from the person next to you who's feeling fine.
0: So you're not saying something that explains why you're not feeling well. It's completely unremarkable in that it's a universal experience for people on Earth
1: unremarkable in that it's a universal experience. Wow, that's really well said. Did you write that out ahead of time?
0: I did not, but I will tell you that my recap there was nothing to sneeze at, Kurt.
1: So, do you, you think nothing to sneeze at is a saying that makes no sense?
0: You want to give me an explanation for it?
1: I'll explain, yes. Here's my here's my thinking. Are you making this up or do you know? And I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. That's nothing to sneeze at. In the 18th and 19th centuries...
0: Right, I can snuff, tell you're lying already.
1: Snuff was part of the aristocracy. Okay. And you could only afford snuff if you were a bigwig. Oh, we talk about bigwig in a lot of different activities. So what would happen is people would do their snuff. It would make them sneeze, but they would usually do snuff to show that they were very aristocratic in front of like a business dealing or something. And if something was big they'd sneeze at it. And so if it's nothing to sneeze at, that means you don't even can't even afford the snuff. You're like a proletariat plebeian peon. And therefore you do it. Tell me more about what
0: people did with snuff. Because I can't say I know that much about snuff. I know the word, but
1: what do people do with snuff? It's kind of like what you do with cocaine now. It just wasn't as powerful as cocaine. You snip it right up the old nasal cavity. And it, yep. gave you a little, it could be menthol, or whatever. And it gave you a little bit of a buzz. OK,
0: well, that is nothing to sneeze at if you couldn't afford snuff. that That's where I'm going. You could say those people were just getting by by the skin of their teeth. Yes, that makes no sense. I figured you're going to explain that one to me as well. No. The skin of your teeth. Last that, time I checked, my teeth ain't got no skin, Kurt.
1: That is a saying that makes no sense whatsoever. I don't know. How about this one, which I feel makes no sense? Also, yesterday, when I said I slept like a baby, I had a triumvirate yesterday. And then I said, boy, I'm working so hard, I sweat like a pig. I then told someone, you know why? I worked all afternoon, man. I was working like a dog.
0: So you were lying around all day, taking naps, being fed, having your belly rubbed, occasionally licking yourself because you could, and mostly being asleep.
1: Yeah. You must have been exhausted. That's a saying that makes no sense. Dogs don't work, as you just pointed out. Yeah. You always say, oh, man, I was working like a dog, working like a dog. I'm sorry to hear that you were working
0: like a dog So much so that you sweat like a pig, but at least the night before you had slept like a baby, so you were ready for it.
1: I had the trifecta of
0: ridiculous sayings. Yes. I could certainly see the inspiration for this episode coming from that. So you had the hat trick. Was anything easy yesterday? Was anything like a piece of cake? So look, I like cake, and I will tell you, it's not hard to eat a piece of cake. Right. And it's an enjoyable thing, right? It's a reward, it's a treat. But why does it mean it's something that's really easy? Is it really easy to eat a piece of cake? There are easier things to eat than a piece of cake. For example, there are things you can eat that don't require a fork or a spoon. Jello. Jello requires a fork or a spoon.
1: Uh, not really. You can sort of like you know. So you're doing jello shots.
0: When was the last time you had a jello shot, Kurt?
1: I was never big on jello shots, but probably at a party a couple years ago when the Holy host made them and she. Uh Pass them out, and so we yeah. all
0: had to do it. Yeah, you're 55 years old, but you had jello shots a couple of years ago at a party. I confess a couple that I, high
1: parties, John. They're a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I guess I should go to the same party as you do. I actually did have jello shots in the recent past. One of my sons played baseball for his college, and well, there was a parent that liked to make jello shots in the color, the team color, and that was fun. But Before that, there had been a pretty big gap between my jello shots.
1: So in coming right off of that, because I know you love smooth transitions, ooh, smooth in in a saying that makes no sense. how, How can someone, when they're happy, be pleased as punch?
0: Yeah. And I assume the punch they're referring to is the kind of like fun punch you drink at parties.
1: And it's better than getting smacked in the mouth, which would not be pleased. What we've discussed previously oh. our,
0: our excessive need to alliterate. Like, I know where it comes from. You know where it comes from. Well, I was going to say something, but I'm going to stop because we have breaking news. Go ahead, Kurt. I'm guessing. Okay. I think it comes from Punch and Judy. And was Punch in Punch and Judy particularly happy
1: with himself after he was beating Judy? Yeah, he was a bad guy, but he was very haughty. And maybe that's it. Maybe you're pleased as Punch, and maybe the punch should be capitalized because it's a person's name.
0: Well, I think you may have answered your own questions, and I think that certainly is plausible. So there you go. If you had not been able to answer the question now, I would have been willing to take a rain check.
1: What is a rain check? Well, we know what it is for sports. Right,
0: but I think it has a broader meaning than that. But maybe... Maybe it's, look, if the event that you hold the ticket for is rained out, you get a rain check. But I honestly don't know if that's it. I mean, again, that's probably the best you and I can come up with.
1: Well, John, only if we get ready to expect the unexpected.
0: How does that mean? It's very hard to do.
1: I know. How would you do that?
0: There was a scene in Welcome Back, Cotter, a million years ago where I think someone had done something to Horshack or vice versa, and they tortured him all episode by saying, "When you least expect it, expect it." Maybe it's just psychological warfare, just to mess with somebody.
1: As you could never, you can't expect something that's unexpected. It's
0: just, it is oxymoronic. You could even say,
1: Or impossible." Yeah. Give me a couple I, more of these, and then we have to wrap up because this I'm, is fun, but we are running out of time. We are running
0: out of time, and. You sounded a little bit like a wet blanket there because we were having fun. And then you had to sort of say, you know, our fun's almost going to be over. So don't be like a wet blanket, Kurt. It's a powerful image because a wet blanket is uncomfortable.
1: Well, think about it. You're a cowboy and you're out in the Ponderosa.
0: Hang on, I need a little bit more time to think of myself as a cowboy. So bear with me. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a, By the way, now, didn't now I'm visualizing my horse. Go ahead
1: you know that most cowboys did not wear cowboy hats? They wore bowler hats. But anyway.
0: Why? Um, well, so why, why did they wear bowler hats? Was there more utility? Because I imagine if you're a cowboy, utility plays a role in every choice you make.
1: Believe it or not, bowler hats first came into being as a safety precaution, like a safety hat, because it would help you or, for, or would help you not get trees caught in your eyes as you're running by. And they were called the bowler hat because they were made by two brothers whose last name was bowler. And they became the the accoutrement for horse riders in England and therefore also made their way to America. And that's what the cowboys actually wore.
0: I will pardon your French on the accoutrement. Did a little birdie tell you that? What is a little birdie telling me something mean? Is that like carry? Is that like from carrier pigeons? A little bird told me. That's probably inspired Twitter,
1: but (laughs) and the tweet, but I don't know. That's great. I don't
0: I have brought up several that you've been able to give a plausible explanation. Now sometimes I believed you and sometimes I thought you were pulling my leg, which I would like you not to do, Kurt.
1: Pulling your leg comes from actually Navy sailors. And the reason why we got bell bottoms is because the Navy sailors needed pants that if they fell overboard, wouldn't make them drown. They could easily pull off. And as they pull off, they could actually put air in them, use them as a preserver. Right,
0: so it had the flare on the bottom so you didn't get stuck on your shoes or boots when you were taking them off. Yes. So what's the pulling your leg part of the sailor story? Don't know. Okay, so you just, you just <laughs> said, I can explain that, told a story that was arguably a lily pad or two over from what I had said. And you that thought that was a satisfactory explanation. Correct. Correct. Well, after all, this is smart dribble, and we promise the dribble and hope for the smart, Kurt. Any more that you want to get out before we wrap up this episode, Kurt?
1: Well, just one last one, which I again, I get it in theory and in concept, but as a as a scientific sort of expression, it doesn't make sense. That which doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. Got I'm not it. sure if you're paralyzed or legs broken or in the hospital with a, with a concussion close to death, That that somehow has made you stronger. But I get it in yes. theory. So. All right,
0: Kurt, as we wrap this up, there's no reason to beat around the bush. We should just get right to it. I thank you for this conversation. I have learned things from you on, during this episode. I have joined you in being perplexed by a bunch of other things that are just a regular part of American conversation.
1: Thank you, John. And to all of our dribblers, spread the news and let us know what you think. I'm sure you have some expressions of sayings that make no sense. Goodbye, everyone.
0: Kurt and I will be back next week with a brand new episode of Smart Dribble. Until then, we hope your life is filled with Smart Dribble. Goodbye.